Welcome everyone to episode 23 of Down to Play. I'm your host, Dapper Tux, along with Next Gen Player. For this show, we'll be giving our impressions of Call of Duty Black Ops, Cold War Alpha, and Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, the demo. Plus, we're reviewing the extreme Viking game, Descenders, and Next Gen is going to be reviewing The Coma 2, Vicious Sisters, on the Xbox One. Before we start, a special thanks to the publishers for providing many of the games reviewed in this episode. Let's kick things off with Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, our impressions of the alpha. Just under two months before the release of the game, Treyarch and Raven Software gave us a taste of what's to come on the PlayStation 4 exclusive Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War Alpha. The game's coming to other consoles, PS4 owners got an early taste of the multiplayer action. The game is releasing on November the 13th, 2020 for the PS4, Xbox One, PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. Next Gen, do you want to walk us through some of your highlights? My first chance to play Call of Duty every year is always an exciting one. I, I find that Call of Duty sets the bar for graphics and gameplay. Um, so yeah, like I, I always feel like it's just sort of like, you know, you, you get a taste of the best, right? Every time you play a Call of Duty game. So um, I was really excited to check this out. I wanted to check out the new maps, the new modes. Um, the first thing that I did is I played the six versus six multiplayer. So they had uh, three different maps that you could play. There was Miami, there was Moscow, and there was Satellite. And there's three different modes that you could play with that. First was Team Deathmatch. Second was Domination, which is obviously where you got to secure ta- uh, capture points. And then Kill, kill Confirm. That's my favorite one. I love Kill Confirm. So that's when, where your operators must kill the enemy. And then you got to run and pick up your enemy's dog tag. And you got to pick that up before the end, before your opponent gets that, because then they deny you the point. Yeah, I like that. Like especially back in my Halo days, I enjoy those modes where there's a little bit more strategy, because not it's not just about uh, killing, but also about you know when you can, like you said, can confirm those kills or add in some strategies. Because for me, <laughs> I think uh, in a one-on-one gunfight, I'm probably going to be the one losing. So yeah, I like more uh, more team-based focus games where some other people can carry me, <laughs> to be totally honest. Yeah, I'm not really... I, I guess like it really depends on, on what Call of Duty game it is. Some of them I'm really good at, some of them I'm not so good at. Um, this one was actually pretty decent, I would say. I, I did like a little bit better than average, I would say. Not... Not like uh, not a pro in it by any means, but uh, but I was getting uh, you know I had I had a positive uh, you know KD ratio um, by the time I finished the weekend, which was always a good thing. Yeah, same for me. And I also think part of it is the boots on the ground experience. I like that, and I hope it sticks around. I don't want to go back to the uh, advanced warfare days where it's like you're you're flying around and. <laughs> I also really enjoyed too, you were mentioning all the different maps and I really found there was a nice variety in the maps. Some of them were more linear than others. I, th- I think a majority I found uh, linear. Um, I enjoyed the uh, like fighting on the neon streets of Miami Beach. Moscow was pretty stark as well too, but I found satellites um, that was set in the Angolian desert with the wide open spaces and some vehicles. It's really, you know, just what the doctor kind of ordered to get that call of duty fix in different environments yeah i was gonna say like i definitely like miami the best of the three uh i thought that miami had a lot of really cool sight lines like you could actually go inside the buildings you could go on the balconies like it was really really good for sniping um which i i like to do in call of duty games so that's why i like that one moscow i didn't really like um 
I found that that Moscow was kind of maze-like. You you end up going inside nearby apartment buildings and hotels, and it's kind of like it's all about cl uh, close quarter combat, which is not really my specialty in Call of Duty games. So I tended to get blasted a lot in that one and got a little frustrated. Yeah, and if a lot of people know the map better than you, especially with something like Moscow, you're you're toast, right? Like you have to just take a few rounds and actually learn that map before you even have a chance in it. But I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and, and Satellite for sure was really good as well. I thought that that one was, like that one had the central area where there was the downed American satellite. And I just, I, I love when there's just sort of a central area that that's a really big hot spot that everyone just goes into and it's utter yeah. chaos, chaos and people yeah. are, are getting down left, right and center. Somewhere that they natural, naturally collapse into. Yeah, it's, 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 I really like maps like that. Yeah, and, the, and there's a lot of flanking in, in that map, which I really liked. But the one thing that I wanted to jump into next is the combined arms domination i had way more fun in this mode than i had in the, the the other mode um this one is a 12 versus 12 so it's larger maps larger teams there was two maps that were available the first was armada and the second one was was crossroads and wow like man those were so fun i oh armada is so cool it's like something you would see out of an action film it was just people zip lining there's boats there's you're getting sniped from ship to ship yeah that was that was i would have to say my standout too was armada yeah i mean like basically the premise with that is like each team begins on a on a like a medium sized boat and then you can zip line to this larger boat in this in the central area and oh man, like once you zip line over there, that that is the hot zone, right? People are just come. There's there's multiple different floors. So you've got people coming up. You got people coming down to get you. You know, you've got people zip lining. You've got people, um, you know, going in and getting the the boats around there. Well, I played um, a lot of um, uh, sorry. I, the the mode for this one actually is, is domination. And there's actual squares that you have to dominate that's out in the water and then certain areas on the boat too. So I like that aspect of it where it's like you can get the boat, you can go, you can like, you know, zoom as fast as you can, try to dominate the one square, jump out of your boat, jump in the main boat, try to dominate another area inside the main boat. Man, it was just chaotic fun. Yeah, that's what I absolutely loved about it too. It was essentially like big team battle. It reminded me of my Halo days of big team battle. And I, I really enjoy that. Sometimes the chaos can get overwhelming but yeah it was it was so much fun uh in terms of other parts of the uh the alpha experience what else what else did you enjoy uh next gen well i would say i really liked the old school gameplay um i don't i obviously it's not going to be for everybody what i actually found it was kind of strange feeling when i was playing is that it almost felt like a cod game from 10 years ago right like it almost felt like they took a lot of the gameplay elements from the old call of duty games and just sort of brought it back which you know like you were saying like we we had ones where where you're like you're running on walls and then we had you know world war um last year and and it's just kind of like going back to that just feels really good yeah and i, I wonder if it's on i wonder if you we get that feeling with the weapons especially because a lot of the weapons are older school right they're more cold war era focused like they feel new but old at the same time. But I totally get that vibe that you were talking about. Yeah, and and uh, obviously, like I mentioned, the combined arms like that. 
the Armada map was was certainly a highlight. I think I'm probably gonna be playing combined arms a lot more than the regular multiplayer. I love jumping into the single player first, and then for multiplayer, I'm going right into combined arms after that. I'm a, and I'm a big sucker too for multiplayer components that have you know much like Warzone, right, where there's a ton of vehicles. I love vehicles. I just find it adds so much more variety, and it's not always about you know necessarily perfect sight lines and good cover sometimes you just hop into a vehicle and create a little bit of havoc it's it's a fun way to blow off steam but uh yeah no look i'm definitely looking forward to uh, combined arms especially after this early early taste yeah and the other map for combined arms crossroads that one was fun too i don't think it was as fun as armada but i still enjoyed it like that that's the one that takes place in the soviet winter and you can you can drop um snowmobiles you can uh get inside tanks and again, like it's it's a twelve versus twelve map, and uh, and yeah, it's like again, it's like super super chaotic, and you know, once you actually get one of these vehicles, it just you feel like you know like all the power to you, right? Like you can just like jump in a snowmobile and try to you know flank enemies or or go behind enemy lines or you know save your buddies in a pinch, right? So yeah, I just I like. I like games that have a little bit more variety, like what you were saying. So having vehicles and having larger maps and all that um, certainly is a lot more appealing to me. And I enjoyed it. Like I said before, I like the more linear nature of some of the smaller maps. There was less area areas to, uh, sorry, there were less areas to hide and earn cheaper kills in. So I know a lot of people find glitches in maps and things like that. And I'm sure after a while, the community will figure it out after the game releases. But I don't know. I found things were, were fairer were a lot fairer in terms of, you know, positioning. Um, and, you know, variety is the spice of life. I, I love the four different modes that we could play. I wasn't expecting that in the alpha, to be honest. We got, you know, the uh, look at team deathmatch, domination, kill confirmed. Um, and then, as we mentioned before, too, playing the bigger maps like Armada and Crossroads was a lot of fun uh, inside of combined arms. So, yeah. Um, a uh, lot to like here. What were some of the things that, uh, that that you disliked in terms of what you saw or played with the alpha? Well, like I mentioned, I mean, it, it felt like it, this was an engine from 10 years ago. So um, in terms of the graphics and the sound effects, I found that they weren't as good as Modern Warfare. Yeah, I, I think we were spoiled by Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare with Beanox working on it, they've been putting out hit after hit, but you're right, like the graphics... And Modern Warfare were just absolutely stunning. And I just, I feel like you're right. It's only an alpha, granted. But again, we're so close to launch. I don't see that there's going to be a, a whole lot of upgrading to the, you know, the graphics engine. But uh, I, I agree. Yeah, the graphics, they did look like they were from an older engine and, and not close to Modern Warfare. Yeah, and same with the sound effects too. Like when I was shooting the guns, I didn't feel that they were as punchy, right? As, as their most recent Call of Duty games that I played. So um, technically it feels like we're taking a little bit step backwards, but again, like there's a lot of different modes. Like this is actually one thing that I really like about this game is that we're going to get the campaign. We're going to get, you know, the 12 versus 12. We're going to get the six versus six. We're going to get the, the call of duty zombies. You know what I mean? Like this is actually like people were talking about what, you know, back when they stripped out the campaign, um about how we're getting like a lesser experience well you know activision's responding to that and they're giving us everything now yeah yeah there's even going to be additions to warzone with uh black ops so yeah they, they are literally giving us yeah the everything plus the kitchen sink so it's it's pretty exciting to get the campaign warzone all the variety of multiplayer maps it, 
it's fantastic. Yeah. What about you? What were some, some things that you didn't like when you were playing? Yeah. Just to sort of yeah piggyback on what we were talking about before, the graphics, they did feel like a step back from the, the, the stellar modern warfare. Uh, from last year's uh, absolutely beautiful effects and you know they they had incredible particle effects as well too last year and especially like being able to turn on night vision and the smoke effects just felt like a huge step forward I just didn't feel that again in the alpha the sound effects uh, again like footsteps and things like that were very pronounced but the guns I found were, were pretty vanilla in terms of their their sounds um, and finally like the animations I also found that they were a, a little clunkier than I was used to uh, especially after playing something like Modern Warfare. So I guess those were those were my three three big sort of concerns around the graphics effects and animations. But other than that, I, I really am still looking forward to the game. The gameplay was there. Signature, you know, Call of Duty gameplay that I love so much. Um, but yeah, I, I still think there's a lot to be excited for here. Um, but we'll keep the Activision train rolling and talk next about the Crash Bandicoot 4 it's about time demo. Crash Bandicoot 4 is developed by Toys for Bob and published by Activision. The game is coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on October 2nd. So that is this Friday, folks. Crash is back. Uh, the demo, which is available to anyone who pre-ordered the game, includes three levels from the middle of the game. Crash Bandicoot 4 is the eighth main installment in the Crash Bandicoot series and a sequel to the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, which I loved. It was insanely great. And the fourth game chronologically taking place after the events of Crash Bandicoot Warped. And it's pretty cool because they, they, they break that, that fourth wall with Crash being like, yes, this is, this is actually the, uh, the fourth game. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the game story sees both Crash and his sister Coco facing against their old nemesis, Dr. Neocortex. And there's some twists as he sets forth on a new scheme to conquer the multiverse of dimensions scattered across time and space. Uh, next gen, what were your uh, some of your highlights from the demo? Jeez, man, a, a huge highlight is just the fact that we got a new Crash game. I can't believe yeah. it. I yeah. mean, holy jeez, like Toys for Bob is so good. Like they're such a great developer, and you know the Insane trilogy was absolutely phenomenal. The new engine looked great. The graphics looked great. So, um, you know, getting a fourth entry in, in the Crash series is just oh man, I'm in I'm in second heaven here. Um, the demo had three different levels. So there was Snow Way Out, the first one. There was Snow Way Out, the Cortex timeline. So we'll get into that in just a minute. And the, the last one was uh, Dino Dash. So um, yeah, the, the very first one that I played was Snow Way Out. This is one, uh, it's an ice level. I was playing as Crash Bandicoot. And very early on in that level, you get the new Time Mask. So... This game is going to have different masks that, that Crash can wear. They give Crash different powers. This particular one is called the Koo, the Kupunawa. And <laughs> yeah, Kupunawa. Uh, and what, what this allows him to do is it allows Crash to temporarily stop time. And that could be used for a bunch of different ways. Like there was a, a couple of segments where there would be a, a waterfall and uh, ice blocks would be falling. And you could freeze time which gives you enough time to climb on them to get to the other side. And then there was other things like, for example, like uh, there would be like a, a switch that you would hit that would flick blocks on or off. 
but if you slow down time, you can obviously keep the blocks turned on for a lot longer. So yeah, or or avoid nitro blocks. I like that one where if you hit like the time freeze, you could like run across nitro blocks without them instantly killing you. I, there was a few times where I would go back to my old school crash routes and I wouldn't use the powers, and it became impossible. Like you just couldn't couldn't go forward. And uh, I was also doing the old school like. Uh, pass the controller with Dapper Jr. where it was like, okay, if I die uh, twice, then I'll pass the controller to you. And then if you die twice, and we were going back and forth. So it was it was great because it was like an old school couch experience that we had. But at the same time, it introduced something new with these new mechanics and powers, which I really, really like. Yeah, actually, speaking of dying, the one thing that I realized after I... I so I, the very first level that I played, I died a few times. And then I, I actually noticed that instead of my lives counting down, my deaths were counting up, right? So yeah, I, was, yeah. I, was, I was a little confused by that because I didn't actually read up on that feature before playing this. But actually, Crash 4 has two different modes. They've got retro mode and they got modern mode. Retro mode is like what you're all used to, where you've got a set amount of lives. Every time you die, you lose a life. You can pick up lives uh, you know, during the levels to increase your lives. And then they've got the modern mode, which is what they had turned on for this, um, which basically gives you unlimited lies and your your death counter will increase as you go up. So um, I just to try it out just for for fun one time, I thought, like, let's see, can I max out that death counter? And I think I got it up to something like 60 and then I just got bored and complete the level. But um, <laughs> but yeah, like it, it looks like I think it's actually a really cool thing that they've added because I mean, like. Crash games are pretty difficult, and the fact that you've essentially got unlimited lives is great for people that just, you know, that, that you know, have a tougher time playing through these games. Yeah, no, it definitely increases the accessibility, and I found that too with Dapper Jr., like, we were racking up the deaths, and I was shocked because I kept saying to him, okay, well, we can only die so many times, and then we're going we're gonna to lose all of our checkpoints, but it was nice, it kept, it, it, I didn't really want to share my screen after with the amount of deaths that we both racked up, but it was great that we could progress together. So yeah, we were, we were, we were pushing like 70 to 80 deaths, but again, he was having fun. I was having fun. Um, but I did find it hard. Like, I don't know about you, but, uh, the, it's definitely a, a, a little bit more of a hardcore crash experience because it's not a more modern title where it, it holds your hand through it. Like the platforming's difficult and uh, it can be unforgiving at times, which I do appreciate. Like I, I like the challenge. I did thought it was hard. I mean, I thought the original Crash games were hard too. So I was actually very happy that this one is also hard. Um, I think part of it too is the fact that the camera is constantly moving. Like sometimes you're moving into the screen. Sometimes that you're, you know, it's a straightforward side-scrolling platform. Sometimes you're actually moving towards you in the screen. So there's a lot of like flipping around that way. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I found the platforming to be on the more difficult side. Obviously, with the powers that you get, you can make it a lot easier, especially the yes, slowdown yeah. slowdown power. Um, but yeah, they basically make it so that you have to use those powers. So now, it, you know, it could actually make it a little bit more challenging because. Now, instead of jumping from platform to platform and, and being, you know, being precise with your jumps that way, you've also got to be precise when you activate and when you deactivate your slowdown power, right? So, um, so yeah, I found it like like a little bit challenging. Um, the 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 other one that I played, the Dino Dash, I thought that one was very hard too. That is, uh, it's like a prehistoric level 
where um classic crash bandicoot where he gets chased by something right so you end you yeah you you end up getting chased by a t-rex and uh what is there i think there was like three chase scenes like it just kept on getting harder and harder like i know i finally like the first time i beat the t-rex i was like like yeah like yeah i did it woohoo like it reminds me of the uh, PSX days where the very first, like the, the very first crash, you have to like outrun the, like a rolling ball trying to get you like a giant ball as you're trying to like power through the level. So yeah, I like how they've added something new, but it has that same sort of a old school gameplay. But that, and that was like super difficult too, because in the Dino Dash level, you get a different mask. The mask, let me see, what was the name of that one? It was called the Lanny Lolly. And, and that one is a phase shifting mask. So you can actually phase blocks in and out. And so you've got to like, you're basically running towards you while the T-Rex is behind you, but then you've got to jump on a whole bunch of different platforms, but you got to keep on phasing the platforms in and out, making sure that you, you know, you phase the right ones in at the right time. So yeah, like that was, that was really fun. Like real, like I liked the graphics. I was like, it was like edge of my seat excitement, you know, pinpoint precision platforming, which I always like with Crash Bandicoot. So I would say Dino Dash is probably my favorite of the three. Um, I like the old school sort of platforming. So hmm, my favorite mode, I think I'm going to have to go thick with the snow way out. I think that that was the most fun that I had. I guess it was because Dapper, Dapper Jr. and I played that the most together. But yeah, I really like snow way out. It, it, it brought brought back the old school feelings as well as the new mechanics. So that gets my vote. Yeah, and what's actually really cool about this game is that and they show this in the demo, is that there's actual, like, multiple different timelines that are going on here, and you get to play with as different characters. So you can actually play another version of Snow Way Out. This time you're playing as, you know, the evil, nefarious Dr. Neocortex, and he plays completely different than Crash Bandicoot. So he's got, like, he's got a gun that can turn objects solid, and then if he shoots it again, it turns into a bouncing pad, and then he also has this like mid-air dash that he can do as well. So um, I I will fully admit I died several times on that first level because I I was just, I was trying to figure out how to use his powers um, at at the beginning. But once I got the hang of it, it was a lot easier. But yeah, I mean like he plays totally different. And what's actually really interesting about that too is the end of that level, the Snow Way Out uh, Neo Cortex version he actually meets up with Crash Bandicoot in his version of the Snow Way Out. So you, you actually get a sort of like, you get to see things behind the scenes, right? Like, um, I, like as an example, there was a big explosion that happens and you find out that, you know, it was actually Neocortex that created that explosion, um, you know, in his own timeline. So I, I'm like, I can't wait. I like when, when timelines all intersect and I can be the good guy, I can be the bad guy, I can... I can be everybody, right? Yeah, like you said before, like all these big variety of environments, uh, you know, playing as multiple characters. I can't wait to see the way that this this all comes out in the end. And you've got that old school challenge. Uh, yeah, uh, I can't wait for October 2nd. It's going to be great. Yeah, so let's get into what we what we liked and what we didn't like. What were like, give me like two or three of your highlights. Uh, for me, I love the graphics. They look stunning. They look absolutely gorgeous. It had this like old school charm, but but uh, sort of new, new school facelift to it. Um, I was shocked and enjoyed the challenge. Um, it, it was difficult. And I said that before. And, you know, Dapper Jr. and I died a, a whole lot. And uh, the new gameplay mechanics, like, like the time shifting and what we had mentioned before, it was a great way to 
bring Crash into 2020 in, in, in a way that would not sort of, you know, ostracize old school fans, but at the same time have something cool for, you know, people that have played Crash before and a new audience. So yeah, thumbs up for me on, on both of those points. Uh, how about you next, Jen? Yeah, so definitely the challenge was a huge highlight for me. I like hard games. I like hard Crash games. So um, it was it was just great. Like I thought, you know, there was a chance they might, you know, dumb down the, the challenge um, just to, you know, to, a, to appeal to a wider audience and just sort of make it a little bit more modern. But no, they went like old school hardcore, which I loved. Um, playing as Dr. Neocortex, that was so much fun. Like, I know that they, they've, they've got other characters too. Like, you, you're going to be able to play as Dingo Dial and Tana as well, um, as, as well as Coco. So, I like, I'm curious to find out. I'm not really, I sort of going into this game a little blind because I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't look at all of the previews and all that. So I'm not really sure, like, exactly what the powers are for these other characters, but cannot wait to find out because Neocortex was a lot of fun. Um, and then definitely the masks, like the masks were a huge highlight for me. It, it completely changed how I thought about Crash Bandicoot games and it really brought it up to modern standards. So, um, you know, there, there's going to be more masks that we're going to be able to find and I, I cannot wait to discover all the powers and discover all of the many challenges that those powers are going to create. So, um, yeah, overall I, I, I liked it. It was a good demo and yeah, just a couple of days and the game's out and Woohoo! Crash 4. I'm excited. Yeah, so what were a couple of things that uh, you disliked or what was something that you disliked about the actual uh, experience? I would say this is actually persistent throughout the entire Crash series, but I've always felt that the, the gameplay for Crash is not entirely precise, right? Like, there's certain ones I... If I'm playing, like, say, like, a Mario game or, or like, Ori in the Blind Forest, like, some of those platforming games i feel like they're just like they're pixel perfect precision right but yeah. with crash i've always felt that crash is just like he's a little bit unwieldy like he's i don't know like some sometimes like majority of times when i die i i did something wrong and i knew that i did something wrong but then there's the odd time that i die and i'm like man I, it's like it's the crash controls like if crash only controlled a little bit more precise i wouldn't have died there so i blame crash and not me <laughs> <laughs> no i felt that um, same way too like they tried to remedy that by showing and highlighting crash's actual shadow a little bit more so in terms of where he was about to land especially if you were jumping across like those ice blocks for example i found that i kept missing those but i was just like no i'm pretty sure i timed that well it just i i somehow over jumped it but it was it was again like you said i'm just gonna blame crash but now for the for the most part i think it's it's also part and parcel with what comes this style of you know uh 3d platforming but uh i, I think we'll leave it there for crash i think it's something that you know for all of the amazing points we have for it. There's very few negatives and uh, you should be definitely excited for the incoming uh, return of Crash and it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's bomb the hill. Next we have Descenders, which is an extreme downhill biking game by Sold Out and No More Robots. It was released on Steam Early Access on February 9th, 2018 and Xbox One in May 2018, joining Xbox Game Pass. It's now arrived... Uh, in stores and digitally on the PS4. Uh, next gen, what were uh, some highlights for you with Descenders? Well, I love extreme bike games. I, I was a big fan of Excite Bike back in the day. Road Rash, man, I love Road Rash. Paperboy, I don't know if you remember Paperboy. <laughs> some OG <laughs> drops right here, everyone. OG. Uh, 
so yeah so I, like i love i love the 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 genre so i'm i'm super excited to be playing this one um and uh yeah so basically this one is actually a little different because it's downhill biking but you don't actually have to stay on the path you can you can go like off the path you can go wherever you want and you can go as fast or as slow as you want too like it's not really a race like the whole point is you got to get from point a to point b without dying and there's a bunch of hazards there'll be you know like rocks and and um like bales of hay rolling down the the hills and you've got jumps and all these different things that, that are trying to trying to like flip your bike um but yeah it's actually like you know if you go down fast like this the speed in this game is is crazy fast like you can really really get up there in, in your miles per hour um and the thing that i like about this game is that there's a really big emphasis on doing stunts and I just love doing stunts in bike games. Like you, you're going down top speed, you're going up this like almost vertical jump, you're going up there and you're doing like, you know, you're, you're taking your hands off the handlebars and you're kicking your feet up in the air and you're, you're turning your bike and you can actually do flips. You can do entire flips forward, backwards. Um, I even did that in first person mode. Holy Jesus, that disorienting. <laughs> like you're you're going on going off a jump, you're doing a 360. The camera actually pans 360. Um and yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it it's it just like sends my uh my mind for a loop. So I had to put it back into like the third person camera <laughs> after doing that. Um but essentially like what you do with this game is it's pretty interesting as well because there is actually an overhead map. So there's four different areas in the game. They get progressively uh, harder and and more interesting as you go. So you start off just like in a regular forest, and you end up going into um, there's there's like Egyptian pyramids and there's volcanoes and like all these like crazy things towards towards the end. Um, and you actually have to essentially like there's a there's an overhead map where you can select which level you want to go to next. And so it's like a grid base and you got to sort of like every, every level has what they consider a boss fight. And you got to find that boss fight to clear it, to go on to the next segment. And the boss, boss fights are like, they're super funny because there's not actually a, a character boss. The bosses are usually just like monster jumps. So you'll like, I remember there was one where it was like, you, you climb up this like super, super tall, steep hill and then you go down the hill you're going you're probably going down for like 30 seconds like it's just like this this hill never ends and then when you get to the end there's a jump and you have to jump through uh what is it a ring of fire while a train is going beneath you right? <laughs> so it's uh it gets it gets pretty pretty insane um but yeah i was like if you like extreme biking games i thought this was a lot of fun i thought there there's a lot of replay um, what's actually really interesting about this game is that the levels are all procedurally generated. So every time you start a level, it's completely new. Like they, what they, what they do is they give you like, um, there's different ratings for each course on how, let me, let me think now it's how steep they are, how curvy they are and how many stunts they are. And based on that, it just dynamically creates a level for you. So yeah, like you, like you can play this game forever and never play the same track twice, which is pretty awesome. Um, and the one thing too, that I had so much fun doing, but it was so frustrating is they've actually got like a bunch of different pre-made bonus tracks that you can go to. And a bunch of them are based off the TV show Wipeout. So it's actually like, it's like, uh, like bright colors, just like the show. 
Um, this the one in this game takes place over the ocean, and there's like there's just these crazy hazards that you got to do. So you got to like there's like uh, swinging pendulums that will hit you off as you're going, and there's like like turning spheres with with a hole in the middle, and you have to jump right through that hole or else you crash. And it's like it's so hard. I never even beat the first level. Like I, I played it for probably forty minutes, and I made it halfway through, and then I just said, "That's it. I give up. <laughs> I can't beat this anymore." Uh, so you've given uh, a, a, a lot of what you like about the game. Uh, what were some things that kind of stuck out uh, that you you disliked? So the graphics, I thought, were nothing special. Like they just they looked okay, but I mean, like they're definitely there's not anything cutting edge about them at all. Um, and it, and I, I noticed like, you know, some of the textures kind of looked a little flat and, and the environments didn't look all the best. So it's not really a looker. Yeah. Um, you know, thankfully you're going down at, at like, you know, whatever, like 50 miles an hour. So you're not really paying <laughs> yeah, attention exactly. to, to, to a lot of those things. With your face and hair on fire at the same time. No, and like you said before, with the procedurally generated uh, tracks and that, it's, I, I've, I definitely found uh, a lot of, uh, room in my heart for forgiveness and it's just so cool to watch like dapper jr was just ripping down the tracks and having the time of his life and again for for the graphic hiccups and things like that and the, and the few technical issues there was a lot that i could o- overlook because it was just pure fun right but i don't know any, anything else that uh, stuck out to you that uh that that didn't stick the landing on this one yeah, so I mean, like the technical issues, like you just mentioned. I mean, there was some screen tearing, there was some frame drops, some slowdown. Um, yeah, so it's not not technically polished, but yeah, I actually agree. Like you know, like I said, the graphics aren't the best, and and there's those technical issues, but I they they kind of took a back seat to the overall fun that I had with this game. So um, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't really mind it. I mean, I've been playing the game for weeks now, and I can't put it down. So. That that in itself says something, right? Yeah, so, it's like Tony Hawk in the gameplay sense, where you can just turn your brain off and and play, and and that's not a that's not a, a slight to it at all. But uh, looking at the game, what would you score it out of ten? What would you give it as a final score? I would give Descenders a solid seven and a half out of ten. What about you? Nice. All right. Uh, for me, it would be a little bit lower. I uh, loved it, like I said before, super fun, but I would give it a 7 out of 10. So we're pretty close, and uh, great game. Don't pass it up. It's still on Xbox Game Pass and now available on PS4, so uh, check it out. Next Gen now is going to take us through the Coma 2, Vicious Sisters. The game is an atmospheric survival horror adventure series making its triumphant return. The game is made by Devspresso Games, an indie game developer based out of Seoul, South Korea. Released in January on PC, it's now arrived on the Xbox One, PS4, and Nintendo Switch. What were some uh, highlights of the game for you, Next Gen? Yeah, so this is a, like a 2D side-scrolling ad- horror adventure game, and it's pretty similar, I would say, to Creeping Terror um, and Tokyo Dark, and a little bit like Danganronpa, if you like those games. Um, and But this one... Um, it's actually a sequel. I didn't play the original, so probably I would have got a little bit more context if I had played it. But um, the developers told me that uh, you don't have to play the original game. This game is a standalone adventure, and I felt like that when I was playing. So you don't need to play Coma 1, but now that I played Coma 2, I want to go back and play Coma 1 because I enjoyed Coma 2 quite a bit. Um, in this game, you play as a character named Mina Park, and she's a student of Seiwa High, and... 
essentially it starts out just like a regular day in high school. She goes to the bathroom and she gossips with another girl. She goes to the cafeteria to get some food. Like she just, she goes to class. It's a regular day, but then she ends up following a, a student through a, a specific door. Um, and she looks out the window and there's a blood moon in the sky. And then she reads a note about these things called the vicious sisters. And she wakes up then in sort of like this nightmare version of the Sewa high school and everything is completely changed. There's now, there's like corpses on the floor and there's blood on the wall and like everything is just, everything is just terrifying, right? And uh, and so she wakes up and she's just like, she doesn't know what's going on and you got to figure out like, what is this place? How do I get out of this place? It ends up that you find out that she, it got put into a coma in the real world. That's like, that's the name of the game, the coma too. And, um, and so she's in a coma and she's trying to get out of this nightmare coma world. And, uh, basically what you have to do, it's like, like your standard, um, side-scrolling adventure game. You've got to go around, there's like, um, different hot spots that you can check out. Like you can search drawers, you can search garbage cans, you can search a lot of different things, collect items. You got to collect different keys. You got to talk to different characters, trying to make some allies in this strange world here. But, um, the, what, what happens is... There's actually, uh, like, there's, like, this evil character that, um, that basically stalks you throughout the entire game. So, um, she's, she's called, she's called Dark Song, and she basically relentlessly pursues you throughout the whole game. Um, and, and so, like, you'll be in a, a room, and you'll hear, she actually wears high heels. You hear, like, the clomp, 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 clomp when she's coming by. And then you can hide under various things. You can hide in like a locker. You can hide under a desk. Depending on where you hide, you have a certain level of, of cover. So if you hide in a locker, you've got a lot of cover and there's a good chance that she's not going to see you. But if you hide under a chair or under a desk, then you're still visible a little bit and she might see you. So there, there's like, you got to sort of like, you know, you got to find the right spots that you're going to hide in. Um, I guess like the highlights really for me is that this game is all hand illustrated and it's an artwork called Mangwa, uh, which is basically Korean manga. And the the hand or the the hand drawings are all so amazing. Uh all the cutscenes are hand drawn. And it's like the manhwa is a little bit less stylized than Japanese manga. So it's more about like realistic looking characters. So the characters all look you know they look very human which is which is which is good i mean compared to manga you've got like you know funky hair and like cool outfits and stuff like that but these these characters look pretty normal um but there's also like a heavy focus on horror creatures so dark song and like there's a butcher um that you face and like all these other like undead creatures that you find they're all just so well drawn and well animated um, and I thought the story overall was excellent. So if you're really into 2D adventure games, I really think that this is a good game. Um, it took me about uh, almost 10 hours or so to beat it. Um, I took my time, so you could probably get through it maybe 8 hours if you just rush through. Um, but one other thing that I found that was really interesting in this game is there's a bunch of different maps that you go to. Um, so you go to like the school the subway, uh, a market, uh, the gymnasium, places like that. But at the end of each map, this dark um, dark song attacks you. And essentially, like, 
in each map, you can craft a specific weapon or a protective thing, right? So you can, it might be like a helmet or something like that, right? And if you, if you manage to collect all of those objects and, and craft that, then you can protect yourself from this violent attack that she does at the end of each chapter. But if you don't, if you miss the items and you go on to the next section, then she'll attack you and she'll permanently take down your health by one. So you've only got, I think, somewhere around like five health at the beginning um or six health somewhere around there and and like and yeah so like if if you fail a few times that you could be like halfway through the game and you've got two health and that's that's the highest that you can get up to right so um it really keeps you on the edge like there's there's some pretty grotesque moments it is a horror game so you've got to like you know if you're a squeamish person definitely this game's not for you um but uh but yeah i i had a lot of fun uh, and uh just, I guess in terms of, like, there's only a handful of things that I didn't really like about the game. Um, one is the stalker mechanic. Uh, sometimes it was just too much. <laughs> like, sometimes I just, almost like, you know when you're playing Resident Evil and you've got Mr. X or you got Nemesis and, and you're just kind of like, would you just go away? Like, go away, Mr. X. Like, I'm tired of you, right? <laughs> like, there's a few times where I'm just like come on like i'm just tired of the, of the stalker um thankfully there's a lot of moments where the stalker is not going after you so it's not like you know the entire time but um but a good portion of the game she does uh and the other downside with the game really is the the poor audio so um you can especially tell when they're speaking and and during quiet moments like there's a little bit of like staticky and hissing noises um very faint but you can still hear it um in in the voice uh tracks in the game right and i i thought at first like maybe they're trying to play on that horror vibe and they want the hissing and the you know the faint scratching sounds but then i thought you know what i don't think so actually i think i think they just recorded poor audio so yeah those those are my two downsides um but like i said overall i, I like the game uh so with all the pluses and minuses stacked up here what would you give the game uh out of 10 i'm gonna give it a very solid eight out of ten that's a pretty good recommendation nice. for me. Yeah, check it out. That's game over for this episode. I'm Dapper Tux. And I'm Next Gen Player. You can catch us on Twitter and Instagram at Dapper underscore Tux and at Next Gen Player. We are always down to play.